You are now listening to The Open Canvas. Open Canvas, this is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a very special guest. We first met at the New Museum. Uh, I was recording the Open Canvas podcast inside the New Museum, and one of the people that was also there um, was, you know, yourself. And what you sort of like have started and initiated is sort of like reintroducing great thinkers, great minds, um, and great stories to people. And you're empowering us all to sort of like recognize the, the importance of our words and the importance of the words of those who have left them for us. Um, so without any further ado, please introduce yourself. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. <laughs> I appreciate it. My name is Ola, and I'm the creator and director of a project called the Free Black Women's Library. And when we first met, that was at the uh, New Museum, the Youth right. Summit, and it was a really, it was a really good day. It was a really special day. It was a nice uh, time yeah. being there, and I loved the enthusiasm and excitement. Um, that I received from the people who stopped by and looked at the library and picked up books and traded books with me. Uh, I gave a lot of books away that day. Yeah, including one to me. Yes. <laughs> and that was uh, Paradise by mm -hmm. Toni Morrison. Exactly. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. That yeah. book is amazing. Yeah. Um, that book is very uh, special to me to give to people because it is considered contraband. Mm in um some parts of this country um it's cons it was on a list of banned books i'm not sure if it still is mm -hmm. in 2019 but at one point it was on a list of uh banned books uh for this country uh because people thought it might incite uh, rebellion or riot supposedly so i love giving that book away and giving away books like that uh, yeah. because I think any time that someone has the opportunity to uh, be inspired to rebel against the status quo is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think I remember that day as well. I, I think also my enthusiasm and like seeing other people sort of like engage with the, the books was, was also important just in the time we're living in now. I feel like we're all on our phones all the time now and just to see people engaging with books and physical things and sort of like seeing pages turning like we were talking about earlier just it reminded people of the power of books so just even that idea that you know books are valuable you know is, is great to see sort of displayed on on a, on a larger scale and like a bigger stage that you're providing um so yeah like where, where are you from <laughs> Well, I'm from Brooklyn, yeah. the best borough, the best city in the world, on the planet. Mm. Um, born in Brooklyn, still live in Brooklyn now, yeah, yeah. live in Bedford-Stuyvesant. Mm -hmm. And part of what inspired me to start the Free Black Women's Library actually is my love for Brooklyn and my love for Bed-Stuy. Mm. Um, I have a very strong uh, emotional attachment to uh, the community mm. that is in Bed-Stuy. Um, this is a community that I consider uh, kind of like my chosen family. Uh, my dearest uh, friendships have uh, been in Bed-Stuy um, and, you know, people who have helped me raise my daughter. And it's always felt like... Um, a very nurturing community yeah. uh, for me but um, in within, within the recent past there's been a lot of uh, colonization that's been happening in Bed-Stuy a lot of gentrification which is another word for colonization um, <laughs> happening and you know I wanted to 
do a project that kind of emphasize the fact that uh, black people, you know, are what make bed great. The creatives of black of bed are black folks. The, um, the artists of bed have been black folks. The people who nurture the community, the people who make it special and interesting and dynamic um, are the black folks, uh, the black women, the black girls. So that was part of the inspiration. You know, I have this initiative, which now contains about 1200 books, all written by black women. And I was hoping that having the library in bed would be kind of symbolic, mm. um, kind of like a metaphor in a way of like, we are here yeah, and we are taking up space. Right. And this is, we have a right to do that mm. in this way. And whoever doesn't like it, just gonna have to deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, excuse me. So when I first started the library, um, that was what it was about. Mm. Like I started the library uh, four years ago in 2015 with 100 books and just set them up on a brownstone stoop in mm. Bed-Stuy. Mm-hmm. And just started talking to people. It was like... What street were you on? Do you remember? Um, it was between Marcy and Tompkins on Hancock. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. So it was a brownstone stoop. And I just set up the books and yeah. I had a little music playing mm-hmm. and I just did some dancing. And, you know, it was a typical summer bedside day where people are out being beautiful and walking by and people stopping. People started stopping to talk to me, mm-hmm. stopping to watch because I was doing a little dancing. Mm-hmm. And I just explained to them what the project is, you know, let them know that I started this project and if they would like to support the project or if they were interested to just keep an eye out, keep a lookout for me on social media, you know, and just check in with me to see where I'm going to be next. And what happens is that for every book you bring, you get to take a book as long as it's a black woman author. So I did a like maybe two trades that day mm-hmm. and you know it's just been happening every month ever since yeah. and for the first couple of years i stayed in bed that's where i did all of the pop-ups mm-hmm. all the exchanges all the events and then as the library started to grow and gain more uh popularity i ventured outside of bed and outside of brooklyn mm-hmm. and ended up in like detroit and in Philadelphia and in uh, North Carolina and you know and it just um, just grew beyond uh, what I ever imagined you know Um, but part of the mission outside of creating access to books and outside of celebrating uh, black women and the imagination of the black woman is was also about um taking up space yeah. in bed stuyvesant specifically right. um as a pushback against the uh gentrification that was going on yeah absolutely you know? absolutely yeah yeah so what was it for you that got you into even like reading you know as a passion you know more so than just like reading for school as a kid or reading for like a paper you have to write like what was it that got you into even like picking up books on your own and just you know reading as a kid Mm, that's a good question uh well i started reading at a very young age i i started reading at like age three Mm. and 
for some reason it was something that came real easy for me and I think whenever things are easy for us that's something that we tend to do over and over yeah. again right yeah. so I kept reading kept reading and then eventually the more I read um, the more it dawned on me that these books started to just feel like a really safe comforting space for me to be in yeah um you know the world like the world of my childhood was very traumatic um very like pretty abusive pretty violent so the books were like an escape mm. for me um reading stories about girls and women and you know pretty much anybody like traveling or changing the world or having superpowers or time traveling or you know being able to to make anything like all reading about all these different concepts mm. just kind of would spark uh off different yeah. ideas in it, my mind the imagination and, was just on fire yeah, yeah you know um so i just just poured myself into books and started writing a little bit but mainly reading as just like a form of um comfort a mm. uh, form of escape a uh, form of inspiration um you know as well as just like educating myself on the ways of the world and yeah. un understanding that where I was living and what I was dealing with was not the only reality. Right. You right, know, right. and that was mm. a very mm. awesome yeah. thing for me to understand and know, mm. you know, like my situation was not the default right. and things could be different. Wow. So, you know, it wasn't until I got much older, you know, uh, be like college mm -hmm. age mm -hmm. that I saw reading as a political act mm. you know it wasn't till I started reading like Audre Lorde and Toni Morrison right. and Bell Hooks and Sonia Sanchez and, yeah yeah you know Jamaica Kincaid and like all these writers mm. like I was fully grown grown right <laughs> um that I really started to grasp that there's a political aspect to this mm. activity like this isn't just a a ritual of pleasure it's not passive yeah Reading isn't a passive activity at right all. yeah this is something that can actually spark like i said earlier rebellion mm. revolution uh pushing back against the status quo mm. so you know i just dived into like political theory and uh, race studies type work and you know not just black women authors but black men authors too you know Malcolm X's autobiography like I was like whoa yeah. where has this been all my life yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know I'm a firstborn in this country like my parents are from Nigeria so mm -hmm. reading about like how Europe underdeveloped Africa by Walter Rodney you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying reading like like I said autobiography of Malcolm X or reading like the story of the Black Panthers yeah. like and I would encourage people who are listening to this like episode like to even pause even with all the author's names that you're mentioning yeah. the titles of the books like I encourage people to even pause rewind like and hear the the names of these people and, and like look at their works and like figure out you know do your own you know exploration like these are very powerful people you're mentioning so yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know and there's another book called They Came Before Columbus mm. you know which talks about how 
Columbus didn't discover America. You know what I mean? Like right. all these different things that should be common information. Maybe not common is the word, but I feel like things that we should be reading and talking about in school. Not just on the college the, level. Yeah, should be a part high of the greater school. conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and my parents, being from the continent, were completely clueless about all this. But I was just kind of like, whoa, like my my like there were just windows and doors being opened up in my mm. mind because I was like, wow, this is like you know how you first discover something and you're so excited because you just want like the whole world to be excited about it too yeah you've probably seen me in some of those moments let's <laughs> be, be real you know that's kind of how i was like yeah, have you yeah. read this book have you read this have you read this you know exactly yeah and um the great thing about being excited about something is that that is the especially in this age of social media is that often you will find other people are excited about about that thing too and you form a community mm -hmm. and that's pretty much what happened with the library you know yeah. and political education is something that i really started to value as uh being a part of like community groups mm. you know i was in an organization called the malcolm x grassroots movement mm. and we used to do a lot of work around police brutality uh, we did something called cop watch where we would drive around um brooklyn and just stop if we saw police um, harassing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> someone, we would stop and we would record or we would watch. And that was pretty much it. Mm. That was the whole action. But within that group, we did PE mm. um, just to just kind of like nurture each other and grow politically. So, you know, it was through that group that I started to also understand the, the value of studying and research. Yeah. Personal study, personal research. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. The things that they're not going to teach you mm -hmm. in school. Mm -hmm. But you should know. Yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> you know, um, so I think all of those things uh, just are part of why I find like reading so important. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I see it as a multi-layered activity mm. and I pretty much read everything. Mm. You know, there are books at, there are books I've read that have very little uh, political content, you know, like yeah. romance novels or it's just a good story or, <laughs> or comedy. You yeah. know, there's an amazing yeah. black woman um, writer named Samantha Irby mm. who writes personal essays. She has a collection of personal essays and they are hilarious. Yeah. 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 Like her work is not politicized. It's not racialized. Mm. You know, outside of the fact that it's a black woman writing it, mm. so it's a black woman's experience, mm -hmm. but it's just hilarious. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. she talks about dating and, like, you know, trying to find the right size clothing or going find, finding a doctor and, right, like, right. oh my God, she's so yeah. funny. And what something I've learned from running the library is when people come to the library, like, everybody has their reader's personality. Hmm. So there are people who come who they're looking for something like Samantha Irby. Like, they're like, I don't want nothing intense. <laughs> Give me something cute and light yeah. that I can just take to the beach and read <laughs> or read under a tree. Right. And then there are people who only want the hardcore nonfiction Thick as a Bible yeah. text <laughs> with footnotes and citations. And I'm right, like, right. okay. I got you. Oof, too. I got you. <laughs> so, you know, when I started the library with a hundred books, mm. I thought, okay, 
this is cute. And then I realized that I was barely scratching the surface mm. in terms of content. Mm. So now that I'm at 1200, I feel like I have a much more diverse yeah. range of books. Yeah. And I feel like I have something to that would appeal to pretty much anyone, no matter what their reading personality is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd like to get a few more. Yeah. As always. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I could go up to maybe 1500 and oh, stop wow. there. Yeah. Nice. Nice. You know, I'd still like a few more books on like health. Mm. You know, I'd like some books on very specific subjects like urban planning, mm -hmm. you know, um, like holistic, every aspect of like yeah, the human experience. Exactly, exactly. Some yeah. books on travel. Yeah. Like yeah. right now, I only have one book on traveling. Mm. You know, I'd like a little, a few more books about yeah. about that, like especially from a black woman's point of view, like when black folks travel. Yeah. So um, this is almost like a, a call even to people who are listening who may yeah. go to your library if you're trading in books bring those types of books exactly because you know, then you can exactly. exchange it. yeah exactly yeah and i'd like more books written by uh black women from outside of america yeah yeah uh black women from the continent or from from europe from spain i'm interested in supporting the fact that blackness is a global concept yeah, yeah. it's not just limited to america mm. you know i'd love some black canadians just so people can have have that understanding that yeah. there is a link mm -hmm. between us yeah. all over the planet i'm excited to to have a few books in the library that are actually not even in english mm. um nice. i ha i have two yeah. books in french yeah. and i have one in spanish um yeah. which is not a lot considering i have 1200 books to have three yeah. is not a lot but yeah, I'm. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's another thing about language too. I mean, there are so many like just to think. There's so many great authors who made only write in French or only write exactly. in Spanish that have beautiful ideas or just great stories that us as like English speaking people who may not know other languages having access to those you know those stories and those ideas yeah definitely there was there was a woman who did like a small uh from brazil who did a a small little uh video on the library and mm. the entire thing is in portuguese yeah so i yeah. you know luckily there were subtitles so i could know what she was saying but i was just thrilled at the mm. fact that there are going to be people in brazil yeah who now know about the library, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and are possibly, you know, inspired by it and mm -hmm. feel feel seen by it or right. feel connected to it, you right. know, all the way on in another country. Yeah. I find that so cool. Yeah. You know, but there's something really thrilling to me to know that um, there's a connection being made yeah. outside of this country. Right. Because it's really important for me to remind myself mm. that it's not about america yeah you know yeah. the um, racism you know although america is a champion at it doesn't just happen here right you know sexism patriarchy like the violence that takes place against black women the mm. oppression the struggles that black women have right. are not just central to America. Yeah, we're not yeah. in a vacuum. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, black women are dealing with. Can I curse? Oh, go for okay. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, black women are dealing with all types of bullshit. Yeah. All over the world. Yes. So yes. that's something that I like to remind myself mm. and also kind of share as a concept with other folks. Right. 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 You know, there's horrible things happening all over the planet mm. um, that are causing trauma in black women's lives mm. you know and I just feel like we need to know about that yeah. you know and understand that it's not just us here um, we're not you know we're not alone and you know even if we can't necessarily um, support each other in a way that causes a impact or a change, we can send each other energy. We can send each other love when we do our rituals, when we do our prayers, when we do our promoting. Uh, we can make sure to mention that. Mm-hmm. And we can make sure to talk about that and call yeah. those names and yeah. you know and amplify those stories. Yeah, and, and reading is an energy exchange as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. you know a lot of the writers that we're even talking about. You know, it's like when we read, you know, something like from a Toni Morrison, like we're reading it X number of years later. Right. Mm -hmm. But we're getting that energy and that impact of those words as if she just wrote it. You know, exactly. And I feel like that's that's also another like advantage to like books and even just like different types of literature and poetry, even music. It's like literally the power of like being able to encapsulate an, an energy and an emotion and an experience and then it can be like relived re-experienced and, and shared you know so that people then now have a greater understanding mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. of you know the black experience yeah uh, you know of, of what we're trying to help the world to see the beauty of that is that we can do it through an, an art form mm-hmm. like literature we can you know tell our stories tell our pain tell our experiences um in a way that actually you know is truthful it's accurate but it also you know is beautiful as well so what we're talking about now like we've known but i feel like now in this era we're living in where everything is digital or a lot more is digitalized i'll say um it just even goes to show just how still even if not even more valuable like just you know literature and books are you know it's just it, it almost amplifies how important it is versus minimize it if mm-hmm. that makes any sense but yeah oh i think that makes perfect mm-hmm. sense makes perfect sense i love um yeah i love what you just said it reminds me of when i like when i first read um asada shakur's memoir mm-hmm. asada mm-hmm. and it's so simply written and but it's so beautiful and it's so yeah. poignant and it's true like reading that she like places you in her life yeah you yeah. know yeah like you feel like you are right there with her experiencing that mm-hmm. you know and I feel like you said that so perfectly. It's kind of like a, like a, you're in a time capsule and you're just like you transported. Whoosh, you're yeah. just like whooshed away <laughs> to that moment, like yeah. on the turnpike, shot. You know, and mm, you're and it's like, mm, oh my god. Mm. And that, you know, that was another one of those books that totally blew my mind. Mm, mm. You know, um, and probably the very first book I read that had me feeling like. 
I wanted to be an activist. Mm. Mm. And something you said earlier mm. uh, just uh, made me realize that I that I want to talk about how like access mm. to books, right? Yeah, yeah. And mm. how you know part of the library's purpose is to increase access, right? Uh, because something that kind of bothers me a little bit is how certain books are only available in certain spaces yeah you know so you know if somebody's an academic or if someone is considering themselves to be like a scholar someone's in grad school or getting their phd or you know they will have access to more books right you know because uh because that's the nature of the work and that's the nature of their environment Mm. you know they will have access to uh more heady texts more uh radical Mm texts depending on what they're studying right Mm. and i i find something really unfair about that right i just feel like it's not it's not fair Mm. that if people aren't in school or you know uh, so scholar I'm putting that in quotes because right, right, right. I feel like anyone can be a scholar you don't need mm. to be in school to be a scholar but mm. I, f- I don't think it's fair that you need to you know have access to certain spaces mm. to have access to certain books like that's not that's not fair to me I think that if you you know no, no matter where you're from if you want to read some Alice Walker or some you know Jamaican Kate you should be able to find those right you know and it's surprising to me that even bookstores like bookstores like Barnes and Noble still hmm. you know will pull out all their books all their African American in quotes again mm-hmm. books uh, for like in February and make this like display but then the rest of the year they're all hidden away in a corner somewhere you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Um, and they will put everything together right. the history the romance the self help the you know the yeah. fashion it's just one thing you know it's like everything mm-hmm. and I'm like come on guys mm-hmm. you can do better than this right 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 you know and even sometimes at the library Mm. you know that's the case as well uh where people are on the hunt for certain books certain authors and they won't have them at their library or they'll need to special order yeah so Mm. you know so part of the project part of what i'm hoping that my project is doing is creating an access creating more access for folks Mm. who want who want these books right um so i'm i hope it's a resource for folks and i hope it's also a way for people to recognize that blackness is not just global but it's also diverse like there's a there's a trillion ways to be black Mm. you know Mm. and blackness is not a monolith Right. right? right you can be black and be into trains and you want to learn how trains work right and who built the first train and the uh, how far did it go mm-hmm. and you know the difference between a steam engine and whatever else engine exists right right or you can be black and just want to know 
how to put on, you know, to beat your face for, <laughs> for nighttime as opposed to day. You know, like I have this um, amazing book that Iman wrote, yeah. the supermodel, yeah. on like how to put on makeup. Mm -hmm. You know, which to some people they might be like, oh, that's frivolous. But for some women, that's extremely important information, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's different layers, there's different levels, there's different ways. So the library shows our diversity. Yeah, yeah. The library shows that everything is important to someone. Right. You know, right, right. I have a book for women who are going through menopause, mm. you know, and transitioning from, you know, being in your 40s to being in your 60s mm -hmm. and the different ways to move through that. That's extremely important information. Yeah. You know, Valuable. Um, uh, there's a book in the library written by a black woman who has lupus and how she treated her lupus, mm. you know, which is something that affects a lot of black women you know uh stuff like fibroids like this disproportionately black women live with fibroids more than any other race mm. so you know there's i don't know i feel like i'm kind of rambling no I, but i, I guess yeah, I'm following <laughs> but i guess my main uh point is that we are diverse mm. as an entity mm. but we're also connected yeah yeah so yeah I hope that makes sense. That makes complete sense. No, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And it's like showing that like all of these different aspects are valuable, mm -hmm. you know, and all the knowledge that we have, you know, individually as people, like it's it's all, you know, we can all contribute to, to our greater understanding right. know, of each other and ourselves. Exactly. And... Uh, and also too like just even exercising our imaginations like you said earlier just how your imagination was on fire through just reading and picking up different books and just being curious i think it's so valuable and i think that's something that you know now again it's like with everything sort of being almost prescribed to us through media and things like that it's like we're just being distracted very easily and reading is really like you were saying it's, it's one of the the few form art forms where you really have to focus you know yeah. you have to really focus and, and be alone and yeah and follow <laughs> and be alone with a book in yourself and in the ideas mm -hmm. you know and, mm -hmm. and it's like i feel like that's that's a, a skill that needs to you know be exercised like yeah. our imaginations need to be exercised on a daily basis you know marrying that idea and that necessary need for the the, the imagination to be free and also just the the need for the black experience to be told it's like like that's they, they go hand in hand you know and, yeah. and i feel like we're, we're we're at a very like you know pivotal point in in time where you know information is so readily available on the internet but we still feel like our imaginations aren't being stimulated you know our, yeah. our thoughts our ideas our curiosity about life isn't as engaged you know because we can google everything mm -hmm. you know but but are we really learning you know are we really taking in and, and like digesting the information that we're receiving and i feel like reading and books is like one of those few art forms that allows us to do that still you know and in, in a real like way and, and there's no one pace that you can re read at you can read at any pace you know definitely like we're talking about like tony morrison books i remember you telling me it's like you need to take time to digest this you know mm -hmm. and it's not something you just pick up and read I, i've like picked up and put down a tony morrison book at least like 20 times you know and it's like before <laughs> i finish intense. it because it's like She's one intense. page is like there's a lot of a lot of stuff in there so like you you have to really take your time um 
now I'm just rambling, but yeah, that's exactly no, what it true. is. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. And you know what? It's unfortunate. I don't know if schools do this. I feel like there was a time, maybe I'm making this up. I don't know if I experienced this mm. or if I made this up. Mm-hmm. No, hey. <laughs> Maybe but I feel like there was a time when there when schools would have reading time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I remember that. And I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if that happens anymore. That's actually a good point. I, I don't, do you know? It does. And my son's school does. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but but yeah, that's a good point. Like you just even like. Because I need to minutes. take time. I need to schedule my reading. Yeah. yeah you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I need to actually like take time out. Yeah. To read. Because if are I, you a morning reader or like a, an, an evening reader? Um, actually both. Both. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. um, depending on the book, mm-hmm. like if something like Toni Morrison, which I have to push through. Like I love yeah. Toni Morrison. She's a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a documentary that just came out about her, mm-hmm. like last week. Mm-hmm. Um, called the pieces I am, which everyone should see. Yeah. Oh, even you though got a chance to see it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, see it. yeah, I saw it. Too. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was okay. great. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I read everything she writes, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it takes time. It does. It does. Because her work is heavy mm. and layered. It is. So. Yeah. You know, if I'm reading a Toni Morrison book, I'll schedule like an hour to two hours a day, either yeah. in the morning or before I go to bed mm. to read through, mm. you know. And then there's some stuff that I can just read it real quick. And it's like it stays with me and it's not, you know, not that it's not deep, yeah. but I absorb it. Right, right. Pretty easily. Yeah. You know, I read a lot of short stories. I read a lot of anthologies because mm. I feel like. I could read a short story and still get a good feel like I've read something. Right, right. But it doesn't require a lot yeah, out of me. You're still like taking in the principles and the, the themes. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. 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 I hear you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing I was gonna say about the whole reading time thing is mm-hmm. like okay. I feel like that is a really good way to to like nurture that in mm-hmm. us from a young age mm-hmm. because it's definitely something that you need to form from a young age like right. it's a, it's it's a habit that takes time it does to to build you know and i used to teach and i remember having students who really struggled with reading not because they were inter- weren't interested in the story but just the idea of like sitting down and being still was a lot mm. you know there's a lot of pressure for them True. yeah so i hope that that's something that still happens and i feel like it should it should not just elementary school but high school too <laughs> yeah, like just yeah, you know everybody yeah. stop what you're doing and we're just gonna read for an hour mm. you know and you get to pick you get to choose yeah yeah you yeah. know i think that's awesome let's bring that back yeah yeah and that was the thing for me too and i think uh, for my friends as well we've talked about it it's like in school like sometimes the things that we were told to read we weren't really as interested in but when mm. we like just tell me about it went to like <laughs> yeah you know but when we just stumbled upon a book or found something on our own and it, it would just be literally would just like fly through it it yeah. was just like so much lighter and easier to sort of digest 
you know a good story or any any type of book yeah that way or even if it's something about like you know specific you know details and facts and history it's like when it's something that i was internally motivated to do it, it became that much more of an enjoyable experience if you can't relate to the story mm. then you're not going to be engaged right you know that's what i think i read so much in high school for my english like i was in honors english all through our high school yeah yeah and i barely remember the books <laughs> right that, that we read talk about it yeah you yeah, know yeah. and even even to this day when people come to the library to uh you know and we engage in conversation about books and curriculum and reading i meet people who never read a book by a black woman writer like i meet black women who were never once assigned a black woman author mm. all throughout high school right, right. that's not fair yeah. we have so many options yeah yeah there's so many you other know? options to go for yeah yeah you know mm -hmm. i mean it wasn't you know they could read the color purple they could read the bluest eye yeah. they could read the coldest winter ever sister mm -hmm. soldier's book mm -hmm. and probably enjoy that tons more <laughs> than to kill a mockingbird <laughs> um you know i think when you're reading something like when you're a kid or when you're in high school or even in college you know as a black person or a person of color are you know or a poor person or a queer person or any marginalized identity and you're reading co constantly books where you don't see yourself and that's all you're being assigned that's all you're being forced to study that that's all you're being presented to as like the standard and the best like these are the classics these are the things that you must read standard, to yeah. be considered mm. smart or knowledgeable you know and you don't see yourself in any of that mm. that's dehumanizing mm. you mm. know mm. and mm. You know, it's like like Shakespeare, Tolstoy, Herman Melville. I'm like, come on. Mm -hmm. Like, how would that feel? You know, um, I mean, this is kind of a tangent example, no. but I was talking to it about it with my friend yesterday. Yeah. Um, the fact that um, Halle Bailey, um, mm -hmm. the singer, mm -hmm. was just cast to play Ariel, Little Mermaid, and how like white folks are losing their minds, like they want to riot because <laughs> this black actress is going to play Little Mermaid. <laughs> and think about the fact that Disney films, there are like six decades of Disney films mm -hmm. with nothing but white women and white girls as the princess. And y'all are mad about this like we had tiana and we had mulan and now we're gonna have hallie and y'all are mad like there's something very strange about that disconnect that the idea of like centering black women and centering black girls bothers you hmm. um you can't see us as beautiful you can't see our work as intelligent or interesting or classic mm. you know like the great american novel can't be written by a black woman like when you're in a class like english lit 101 mm. in your college course and you look down your list of assigned reading you don't see 
one black woman's name mm-hmm. like that like you don't kn- yeah. you don't see anything wrong with that yeah that's a, disturbing yeah, it's super disturbing and even to add to, to your point it's like these ideas and these thoughts and these experiences need to be told exactly you know it's like we're not just trying to fill spaces so that we can say okay we're in these spaces right. now we're, we're saying yeah it's not about tokens it's, it's about it's about the ideas the thoughts the the experiences the emotions that we've experienced and that we're all experiencing and that it needs to be a part of the greater conversation yeah this can't be a lesser conversation this can't right. be deemed as you know okay we're having the, the the classic talk and then the lesser conversation is is our story right and like that's sort of what the the narrative has been you know for exactly for, for, forever really so now now that we're sort of you know fighting for our places in these rooms and in these these sort of curriculums we're not just trying to, to place hold that's not the goal what that's not the end goal right the, the end goal is for our voices and our thoughts to be just as important just as valuable to the greater conversation exactly you know so so yeah i, I hear what you're saying 100 percent yeah exactly like you know definitely these you know these writers are their their stories are just as incredible just as like incredible. these like these yeah. are brilliant works yeah you know of course like fahrenheit 451 is an excellent book you know mm-hmm. but so is the color purple yes <laughs> you yes, know what i mean yes, yes and it's and it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like we're it, it's almost feeling sad for for the people that are missing out it's like yeah. it, it's not even like saying we want our place here it's also saying you guys are missing out on the beauty of what you know we've created exactly and like what we're all creating and are still creating and it's it's like yeah it's like you're doing yourself a disservice by making this a lesser conversation mm-hmm. you know this is mm-hmm. just as valuable you yep. know so so yeah you, you're, you're saying it 100 percent word of, <laughs> for real yeah i remember we went to brooklyn tea um and that event was amazing like even just seeing you know people you know sharing personal poetry and stuff yeah. that like i've never that said this so out nice. loud you know but here we go you know and just be, seeing people open up in that way it was very special um do you feel like you want to you know create more of those types of experiences where people can sort of like you know express you know what they've been you know gaining from you know the library and sort of what you've sort of you know shared with people through the books definitely um You know, when I first started the library, it was mainly just a pop-up exchange project. Yeah. You know, it was just about trading books, and that was pretty much it. I would set up the library, people would come, trade books. We would, you know, engage in, like, a basic organic conversation, like, nothing facilitated, nothing Mm. curated. But after, like, the first year... I decided to add another element of having an actual thing happen Yeah. each time the library is someplace. And for that one that you attended, because it was April, yeah. um, which is considered National Poetry Month, right. um, I focused on black women's poetry and prose and just invited folks to come and share a poem. Yeah. Can you talk about that day even? Like, that was oh, a great sure. day. Yeah, that was a great time. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Brooklyn Tea is this awesome shop yeah, owned by this. Shout out to Brooklyn Tea. Yeah. Shout out to Brooklyn Tea. Yeah. Awesome shop owned by this black couple. Um, really beautiful, sunny, cozy space. Mm. And 
it felt like the perfect space to bring the library to. Mm. I'm always walking around Brooklyn, like keeping my eyes open, looking for spaces to yeah. have the library and, you know, free spaces. Right. And they also have to feel really accessible and really safe for different bodies, right. you know, right. children, people who walk with a walker, you know, not, not a lot of steps, close to the train, blah, 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 and free. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, so... You know, I went into Brooklyn Tea and spoke to the owner and about the project. And she was like, I already know about you. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah. You know, and so since it was April, uh, which is National Poetry Month in this country, mm-hmm. I said, we're going to focus on black women's poetry and prose. So I just put the call out on social media, which is like my number one way to promote the library. Mm-hmm. Um, letting folks know, come through. I'll be there from noon to five with the library and everyone's welcome to come and share their favorite poem by a black woman, Mm. their favorite poem or their favorite piece of prose. Mm. So, you know, I I think I took about 800 books that day. So I didn't take the entire library, but set up shop and it was just it just kind of flowed where people just came and it was really nice uh some folks came and they shared like a poem that they didn't write but they just really love that kind of touched them resonates yeah some nikki giovanni some warsaw shire um yeah. I forget who else. Uh, some Stacey Ann Chin, I think. And then there were some people who came who shared their own work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was so awesome. <laughs> you know, I've said this before in other spaces, but I think there's something about being around a lot of books that people find makes them feel more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And something that often happens at the library when all the books are out is people just share, you know, people share really intimate thoughts. Mm. Uh, People, people get really vulnerable. Mm. And I feel like the books cause that influence, you know, where people are like, oh, I've never shared this before. I've never said this in public before, but I'm going to say it now. And I'm really, I feel really grateful and really uh, blessed with the, in the fact that there's never been any type of conflict uh, that's taken place mm. in the four years the library has existed. I'm mm. not going wood because <laughs> I'm superstitious. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about some really deep shit. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, we had this one session at the Concord Church mm-hmm. where we talked about this book uh, by Bell Hooks called All About Love, which yeah. I think I talked to you about. Yes, I have a copy. That book mm-hmm. is um, is a really incredible read mm-hmm. and it's something I highly recommend all black folks should read and mm-hmm. people in general Yeah, you know um, and just the conversation like there's a part in the book where she says love and abuse cannot coexist mm. and so we had a whole discussion at Concord Church about that one line mm. and what I liked about that specific event that day was there were such a wide range of folks there. Yeah. There were elders there, Christian, Bible thumping, beautiful folks. There were young folks there, atheists, mm-hmm. queer, non-binary, you know, um, teenagers, parents, 
um, Caribbeans, you know, people from the neighborhood, just random. Because we set up outside. So people just like on the steps. Pulled up. So people were just like walking by, like, what's going on here? Just sat down and got in it. Mm. And people were talking about that idea. Like, how does racism affect the way we are able to show love for each other? Mm. You know, is it possible in a capitalist, heteronormative patriarchy right which is how bell hooks describes america (laughs) is it possible to really show love and really Mm. be affectionate and really be our full human selves Mm. is that possible to do that Mm. in this state or does it leave us more open to trauma and abuse And we, you know, that was another one of those conversations where I have no footage, but it was deep as hell because <laughs> these people didn't know each other at all. Right, right, and right. And they were talking about, mm. you know, like being abused as a child, mm. like, you know, child abuse and domestic violence and police violence. And the elders were talking about the reasons why they beat their kids mm. and you know and young folks were talking about how it how it felt to be abused and be beaten and they were listening like there was some real intense listening going on like active, active listening, listening. <laughs> yes and yeah, i was like yeah. whoa bell hooks just like like at one point we weren't even talking about the book anymore right, right we were just right. talking yeah, yeah you know mm-hmm. and i find that the books are just magical because yeah. i don't know how we're able to talk about these things and no one gets offended no one feels defensive you know nobody's walking away like people are just sitting there like oh you feel that way yeah interesting you know it's like understanding hearing each other out that's it you know so you know so i started doing these things where every month we would focus on a different book a different author a different theme or concept so we've talked about everything sometimes it's really deep sometimes it's lighthearted. Yeah. we talked about black panther <laughs> we talked about lemonade beyonce's lemonade <laughs> like you know yeah. no subject is disconnected from mm. us because we're human it's all a part of the you know experience. exactly right right so mm. you know so i'm just kind of I just, I'm just kind of making it up as I go along. It's like an improv. Yeah, you're flowing with it. You're like a jazz musician. You're just like, oh hey, no, it's, it's what it is. It's like that's what it is, and then I feel like that's what like you're you're fostering those types of conversations, you know, and like, and and it's it's great. I feel like even with the story that you just shared at the church, I feel like people's the, their main goal was to to understand each other, mm-hmm. you know, because in reality, it's like. Through us all understanding each other, it's like we're just better understanding humanity ourselves. You right. Know? And that's the goal. You know, right. and it's like, you know, so just even hearing how people were being vulnerable and sharing things, it wasn't coming from a place of, will these people judge me? It's like, no, like my story can help. Mm-hmm. Like just me adding my perspective will help everyone understand, even if it's their own perspective, they'll yeah. understand their perspective better because of what I've shared. And, and I think that's, that's what, you know, I keep talking about books, but that's what it is we're just sort yeah. of like here's my experience here's a story that shares a principle a theme i'm just helping you better understand yourself you know yeah that's it you know that's yeah. all we're trying to do it was i mean it was so important for i think the younger people that were there mm. the millennials yeah. yeah that were there to hear 
those elders. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was really important for those elders to be heard. Yeah. You know, and like you said, like like intergenerational conversations. Mm you know they don't happen enough yeah you know there's such a there's a community there's right yeah there's such a divide that takes Mm. place within generations you know Mm. people you know elders are like typecast is like not knowing how to use their phones and (laughs) telling kids to pull their pants up and you know and then the younger generation is typecast as being um not curious or not wanting know-it-alls i guess yeah there's a word that a lot of elders use to describe young people um (laughs) self-entitled yes yeah 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 you know they're they they um you know they have like oh my god it's just this weird because i'm kind of in between so i hear from old elder people and then i hear from millennials just from like running the library and just from also being in my community Mm -hmm. and there's this weird divide and there's this weird like animosity and resentment around like privilege and access and fashion and sexuality and gender like and i'm like come on like we need to like talk to each other yeah so that conversation and conversations like that that involve multiple generations are definitely my favorite yeah it's like it's like you're basically witnessing a breakthrough when you like yeah. even just seeing like an elder just share you know something that may have been on their heart for years and then just having someone who can listen mm-hmm. and you know appreciate what they share you know that's that's like that's so powerful and i feel like within our communities that therapeutic experience of just like sharing and feeling heard yeah it is, is therapeutic very, it's very, i think it's healing it's yeah. healing and it's like it, it, it's something that that you know we don't even realize we need because we've lived with without it for so long right you know that just that just even having someone to listen to or, or listen to you you know and it's yeah. like you know like you're saying just even having books physically in the room and then just in general just having books as conversation pieces just like uh, it just it's just like a uh, it's accessing that that for us you know we're being able to access that therapy you mm-hmm. know, through, through books yeah 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 there are some people who come to the library to trade books specifically mm. like they're there they bring like one book three book five books and they walk away with like one three five books yeah. they just trade and they're there for like maybe 10 minutes maybe an hour like they come with and they're on a mission yeah that's and that's all they're about right. that's what they're there for and then there are some people who actually just come to be part of the conversation mm-hmm. and part of what's happening and mm-hmm. You know, they might check out the collection, but they are mainly there for that community and they just want to like listen and be heard. Yeah. yeah. So everybody kind of has their own their own thing. And I let I just let people just like let do what be. they want. Yeah, you know, I'm be. like this <laughs> this we're over here and you can join <laughs> us or, you know, you can sit in the corner with those 10 books that you have yeah, <laughs> next yeah. to you mm-hmm. and it's all good. Yeah, just even this conversation that we're having, it's because of the books, you know, it's because, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right, there is a there is definitely a power to, to them and I feel like we're we're just beginning to understand, even for, for like how, how long we've been sort of interested in reading books all of our lives, like I think we're just beginning to tap into like now seeing how books are like actually helping us connect more as, as humans and as people, you know, in a society where that's needed more so now than ever. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. cause that's the thing. I th- that's that's the one of the major 
violent aspects of racism and mm. patriarchy mm. is that it denies you your humanity. Talk about it. You know it. what I mean? Talk about it, yeah. It turns us into objects. Mm. It turns us into victims. It turns us into beasts of burden. Mm. It turns us into mm. criminals. You know, it turns us into property. Profit. Um, yeah. You know, it turns us into capital. Like, mm. it steals our humanity. It robs us of our humanity. So anytime that we get to sit with each other and feel human and feel vulnerable and feel seen and feel heard is like, you know, it's a counter to that. That's, it's a that's revolutionary. That. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a way to nurture that aspect of us mm. you know to to like push back against that lie mm. you know what i mean <laughs> so i think even whether it's like gathering together to talk about a book or gathering together over a meal or gathering together to like dance together or you know make music together whatever um i feel like having like creating space is an absolute must yes you know yes. is it's so necessary mm. you know what i'm saying um and it could be it could be the difference between life and death for some right. like i'm not even being dramatic that's not even exaggerating that's, you know what i'm that, saying having yeah. a space can literally be the difference between whether someone lives or dies right. you know in terms of information right. you know finding out where you can get treated for an illness or where you can or information about a job or information about therapy or information about where to get your hair done mm -hmm. like those are all like things but there's a spiritual aspect of it too yeah like that sense of loneliness that some some of us have is like it convinces you like oh actually you're not alone mm. actually there's another black woman right here who feels the exact same way as you like mm -hmm. it's not just you mm -hmm. you're not crazy <laughs> you know because this country will have you thinking you're crazy like mm -hmm. the gaslighting that takes place it will have you thinking oh maybe you're not working hard enough and that's mm -hmm. why you don't have the things you need or oh maybe if you you know had a phd no actually black women with phd still get stopped by the police still get followed around stores still get harassed right so right. you know so there's kind of this definitely like medicine that comes with you know community yeah and unfortunately like we were talking about earlier in this day of like social media and like virtual reality um people get caught up and community gets forgotten mm. or community gets minimized but it's you know to me it's just a way to push it right, right. you know there are times yeah. when i have the library and we don't focus on a book yeah you know we just we'll just like focus on i had this one session where, <laughs> where we talked about fabric we talked about african fabric mm -hmm. and what the different fabrics different countries and like what each one represents and yeah. what would you would wear to a funeral as opposed to a wedding mm -hmm. or opposed to a baby naming ceremony and it was cute yeah. you know <laughs> conversations like, just as valuable yeah you know? yeah yeah so exactly. anywho no i'm but, done but yeah, no so so how can people find out about like the next um you know location that you'll be at and you know what's happening in the future 
Okay, well, a couple things. Um, I want to say that there's um, one of the exciting things that's taking place with the library right now is there are branches being formed in different parts of the country. Nice. So there's a free Black Women's Library that just started in Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, there's one that's uh, starting in Atlanta. Nice. And there's one in Detroit, all being started by women who love the mission love the model love the purpose mm. and we're all staying connected and staying conversation about how to build and grow with each other um there's also one that's g- going to be in baltimore so that's exciting yeah and hmm, what else is coming for me um the library is just growing in uh, brooklyn in new york and i I have a residency at Mokata Museum, which is in Fort Greene for the entire summer. So I'll be there for July and for August. In July, we're reading and talking about a book called Pleasure Activism, Mm. which I highly recommend. It's written by a brilliant woman named Adrienne Marie Brown. And it talks about how the concept of pleasure and us purposely working to have pleasure in our lives is political Mm. um you know whether it be through food or through sex or through you know whatever and then august um it's mokata again and that one will be focused on young adult literature Mm. and then in september i'll be in philadelphia for a special um zine black women zine festival nice i'm talking on a panel and the library will be there for that and I'm not sure what's happening in October, November, or December, but probably something cool, which people can follow me on Instagram at the Free Black Women's Library or on Facebook at the Free Black Women's Library. Also on Tumblr, which everybody says Tumblr is dead, but it seems very much alive to me <laughs> on the Free Black Women's Library. Yeah. Um, and I post things there. I post all the books that I'm reading. I'm doing a reading challenge right now. Read 25 books by black women in one year mm. um, that a couple of people online are doing with me. So we post our reads and nice. our reviews. Nice. Patreon, yes. Um, most importantly, this is a passion project. It's a it's a love letter to black. It's a love letter to black women and girls, and it is self funded um, from my emptying pockets, and also uh, lovingly supported by people who can subscribe to my Patreon. Mm-hmm people want to support the patreon page they can give me two dollars a month up to two dollars five dollars ten dollars fifty dollars a month um every month and that money goes towards the library towards keeping it sustainable um my dream and my wish for the library is that it's self-sustainable by public funding Mm. so that i don't have to like beg these corporations and these organizations for money i feel like the community is rich enough Mm. to um, keep the library on its feet Mm. so you know i have some patrons so people can go to the free black woman library free black woman's library on patreon subscribe to be a patron and they can also buy a t-shirt from philadelphia printworks mm-hmm. money from that goes to the library nice send me a dm on instagram if you have questions about books if you want to recommend a book if you want to send me a book yeah i get books from people from all over the world mm-hmm. people mail me books 
all about 98% of the books in the library are from total strangers mm-hmm. that I don't even know. Right. right. So people are welcome to send me books as long as it's a black woman author. Yeah. Okay. Also, definitely lovingly accept books by non-binary black folks, mm-hmm. um, gender non-conforming black folks. Definitely accept those as well. Um and I think that's it. Yeah, and, and I always I, forget something when I do these things and I'm no, like, oh, no. ah, I it'll come back right after I we finish, have right? Said blah, 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 blah. <laughs> nah, but nah. um yeah. And yeah, I, I think I've shared everything. Yeah. So I just want to thank you so much for mm. having me on your show. Um I always appreciate when people are willing to share their platform mm. and share uh their audience with me because I know that that's not something to just like sneeze at it's Mm. a very special sacred thing so i appreciate you for having me here thank you and and thank you for for everything that you're doing i feel like you know just even seeing you go about you know your work it's very much like it's not for show it's not a performance you're literally like helping people you know you're you're giving people like you're giving people life through 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 necessary you know art forms so i feel like you're you know what you're doing needs to be highlighted so thank you for what you're doing and, and just continue to do it you know because because we need it thank you absolutely absolutely so thank you yeah uh this has been the open canvas i'm taj alexander with my friend Ola Akimowo. yes and we're out thank you again peace to find out more about the open canvas hit up our website theopencanvas.com also stay tuned to our instagram at the open canvas and for any questions or inquiries hit up my email Taj, T-A-J, dot opencanvas at gmail.com. This has been The Open Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander.